Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are. Is it the anarchist world this week? If you wonder what anarchy is all about, simple concept: anarchos without rulers. What gives rulers power? Inequalities in power and wealth. So, how do you create an anarchist society? You devolve power, which is a fancy word for saying you share power and you hold wealth in common. Simple concepts been around since the dawn of human history. Unfortunately, in two thousand and nineteen. They're not very sexy, the fact of uh, sharing wealth and devolving power. It's all about centralising power and acquiring wealth for individual benefit, not community gain. Now, next week is Radiophone. Now, all those listeners in the rest of Australia don't care. I know, and I'm going to do a special program for you. We're going to do a pre-recorded special program. But while you're listening to the Anarchist World this week, courtesy of the Community Radio Network, I'll be here sweating, trying to raise ten to $15,000 in an hour for Community Radio 3CR, which is the channel I have been broadcasting from, the radio station I've been broadcasting from since 1977. Encounters with the Third Alternative till the collapse of communism in 1989. The Anarchist World this week since 1989. That's 42 years. And if I can't raise ten to $15,000 for 3CR to keep 3CR on air, I may as well walk out. Because radical community radio has never been more important. We saw two weeks ago or over the last few months, the profound impact the corporate-owned media and the government-gelded ABC had on the election results, where people were actually voting against their own interests. I had a funny story to tell you. It's true. I, uh, I know a lot of people. Well, I claim I do. And this old pensioner said to me, I voted Liberal for the first time. I said, oh. And, she, and I said, why, dear? And she said, well... I wanted to protect my franking credits. They were going to take away my franking credits. And then I said, uh, do you own any shares? She said, no, I can't afford shares. I've been on a pension for 20 years. You know, I live in a ministry house. And I said, oh, uh, you don't actually get franking credits. 
So I wasn't blaming her, but there was so much misinformation in the corporate-owned media about what the policies of the particular parties were about that many people changed their voting intentions because they believed the opposition was going to introduce death duties, that if uh, negative gearing rents went, rents increased. And it was quite interesting when you look at the, we analyse the results, the areas that had the biggest number of non-homeowners were the areas that actually turned and voted for the coalition. Now, obviously, there will be a reckoning in the next few years as the coalition has issues. But what I am saying is if we don't have radical community radio in this country, you will not be able to listen to that type of analysis. You will not hear people talk about an issue without being concerned regarding their job. Now, I'm a volunteer. I've been here for 42 years. I come here three hours a week. I do three different radio broadcasts, a community radio, 3CR. One is transmitted nationally through the community radio network. That's the Anarchist World This Week. Talk Back With Attitude and uh, Radical Australia are both local 3CR programs. Now, I have never received one cent in 42 years of volunteering my time to community radio 3CR or community radio in general. And I do it because I think that community radio, despite the World Wide Web and the joys and intricacies of the net, still has a significant role to play. And if you believe that, we need independent radio networks, independent radio station. What makes 3CR independent is it is not reliant on government or corporate money to broadcast. Over 50% of the money required to run 3CR in Melbourne comes from the Radiophone. And the beauty is that if you donate more than $2... It's tax deductible. It's a legitimate legal tax deduction. So you can donate money to the Anarchist World this week via the community radio station and you will receive a legal, legitimate tax deduction. So why don't you do what the rich and powerful do in this country? Not pay tax and direct their money to their favourite institutes and so-called charities. It's up to you. You want to keep the station on air? We need the cash to keep it on air. Next week is Radiophone Week. I will be asking for donations. You've already Those people who donated last year would have already received a letter or an SMS or an email. You know what the score is. Those of you who didn't donate, who've listened to the Anarchist World this week, who've emailed me or telephoned me or written to me and said what a great program it is or what a terrible program it is, doesn't matter. At least you get a variety of opinion. Well, consider donating to Community Radio 3CR. Next week is our special 3CR radiophone. For the rest of Australia, I'll do a, a pre-recorded program for the people of Victoria and Melbourne within 3CR's broadcasting uh, range. It will be the special radiophone program. So if you haven't sent in your money yet, and there are a variety of ways which are outlined in the material you received, ring up on the day. Ring up on the butt day and pledge 
keep 3CR on air. If I can't raise at least $10,000, hopefully $15,000 in one hour next week, well, there's an end to everything. Not that I'm threatening to leave, but everything comes to an end. So think about it. You enjoyed the program? Put your hand in your pocket. Let's keep this program on air for another year. I broadcast 52 weeks a year. 50 weeks a year I broadcast live. Two or three weeks are pre-recorded. Um, you get an up-to-date analysis of local, national, international events, which you don't get anywhere else in this country. I can guarantee you the analysis you hear on the Anarchist World this week, provided by Joseph Toscano, you will not hear anywhere else. And in a period where we face three years of conservative reactionary government, where the Australian people have rejected, rejected the abolition of negative gearing, rejected the abolition of franking credits for the rich and powerful, rejected taxation laws to ensure there's an increase in taxation, rejected uh, action on climate change, rejected reconciliation with Indigenous Australians, it's going to be a difficult three years. And, and a, a radio station like 3CR, which is broadcast, Nanakis Will this week is broadcast by the Community Radio Network, makes a valuable contribution. So if you are listening to this program at another radio station and uh, you enjoy the Anarchist World this week and you'd like to donate to the Radiophon, you can ring 039419-8377 if you're listening outside of Victoria, 039419-8377 right now and make your donation. Remember, if it's over $2, it's tax deductible. Okay, let's move on. I don't care. There was a hullabaloo a few days ago because 55 editorial staff from News Corporation were going to get the flick. Now what do these people expect when they work for an organisation with the ethical and moral character of News Corporation? What do they expect? They did their job. They put out the fake news, the disinformation. You know, they uh, highlighted the crap. They were there on the front line fighting the battle for their bosses, the news corporation boys and girls, fighting the battle, slashing the truth, burying the truth, blowtorching the truth, There they were, dismembering the truth, slaughtering the truth, and now they've been shown the door. Well, I don't care if they've been shown the door because they should know the calibre of the organisation that they work for. News Corporation is an organisation which has only one primary goal, to maximise profits for the Murdoch family, not to look after its staff, not to look after its bodgy shareholders who don't even have voting rights to determine the direction of the company. It is an organisation which is there 
to maximise corporate return to the Murdoch family. And whether it's President Groper, who's been hosted by the Royal Parasites in London as I speak, or whether it's Mr Morrison or Mr Dutton and the other conservatives and reactionaries in this country, they are the ones that promote them by disseminating half-truths, half-baked analysis. And if you're going to work for that organisation, and when you're no longer useful to them, they show you the door, what do you expect? I won't be taking out a collection tin, collecting for their future. They should have known what they got themselves into. That's the reality of working for that crew. And I found it quite extraordinary because occasionally I listen to the government girl at ABC, an ABC which is going to be continued to be uh, massaged and pushed around and gelded as it is Liberal Party policy to privatise the ABC. Not one delegate at the last Liberal Party conference actually voted against the privatisation of the ABC. This is Liberal Party policy. There's the Liberal Party, Liberal National Party as a, a majority in the legislature. In the House of Representatives, well, expect more pressure, more self-censorship from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Now, Mr Shorten, when he made his uh, defeat speech, whatever you call it, he kind of pushed the finger at the news corporation and the corporate world about how they ganged up and uh, misconstrued their policies. Well, the government gelded ABC is now saying, well, you know... You shouldn't point the finger at them. It's your policies. All the policies that were put forward were policies which would have cost the one percenters, the owners of the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, and the eight percenters, those people of negatively geared property who don't pay tax, get a tax deduction for owning a second home. Well, it would have meant that their little tax-funded largesse would have been swept away. So policies, it's not a matter of policies. It's a matter of how people actually respond to those policies. And a significant degree, if you are fed of diet of misinformation, half-truths and innuendos, what do you expect? What do you expect? So don't forget... That if you do listen to community radio, if you do listen to programs through the community radio network, if you do listen to the Anarchist World this week, that we are not gelded because the community radio station I broadcast from is not dependent on government grants. It is not dependent on corporate donations. It is not dependent on advertising. It is dependent on the largesse of its listeners. So if you want to... not an alternative media. I don't think we are alternative media. I think we are the media. I think community radio is the media because I see most other media outlets in this country as nothing more than propaganda outlets. They pump out propaganda for that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication and pump out propaganda for those people in our society who enjoy the largesse of the taxpayer, not because they need it, 
as people on social security benefits do, but because they have been able to manipulate the system in such a way as to see parliament after parliament after parliament pass legislation which rewards those with the most. That's the reality, and that's why programs like the Anarchist Will this week are so important. I'll give you another example. Yesterday was the 30th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre in Beijing. Now, I was in Beijing in 1988, a year before the massacre. Well, actually, about seven months before the massacre. Now, those people that were protesting were not anti-communists. As they were mowed down by the People's Liberation Army, they were singing the Internationale, the workers' song. These were people who wanted to create a society based on socialist principles but with a human face where there was individual liberty. But all the analysis 30 years on is about how they were pro-representative democracy. Obviously, they were campaigning for democracy, but they are also campaigning for a socialism with a human face. Otherwise, they wouldn't be singing the International Ale as they were mowed down in their thousands, in their thousands. And the great tragedy of the Tiananmen Square massacre is that protesters who were arrested 30 years ago continue to languish in Chinese jails and that many of these protesters have died in Chinese jails. And the great tragedy is that what we saw with the Tiananmen Square massacre, which nobody talks about, 30 years ago, was the death of the iron rice bowl policy which had guided China since the revolution in '49. What we saw was the rejection of any ideas about commonwealth, about distribution, equal distribution of wealth, about direct democracy. What we saw was the triumph of capitalism in China. And although they may call themselves the People's Liberation Army, the Communist Party of China, they're not communists. They haven't been. What we have is is a mixture of a gangster state and a state capitalism in China. Nothing to do with freedom. And it was those men and women and children who died on that night and those who continue to languish in prison for daring to suggest to the Chinese Communist Party there's a different ways that things can be done. It is those people who are the victims. Because China today is as little to do with communism as the Ku Klux Klan has to do with promoting racial equality. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Scarum, hosting today's program. Now, most of you have noticed over the last few months that I've taken interest in the social revolution which is occurring in Sudan. For a very good reason. Because the Middle East is full of dictators, both secular 
and religious-based. And for a number of years, there's been a bubbling up of resistance from the people. And the revolution that's slowly taking hold in Sudan is a social revolution. It's a revolution which is based on rolling back Sharia law. It's a revolution which is based on economic equality. It's a revolution which is based on representation. It is a revolution which has been carried out by the youth of that country. A country that has gone through successive wars for over 50 years in South Sudan and in Darfur. Now the butchers and the architects of the Darfur massacres 10 years ago and the 50-year war in southern Sudan of liberation from uh, Sudan, the very same architects are now in charge of the military council. Abdul Fatah Burhan, the darling of Saudi Arabia and the Emirates, the leader of the Sudanese forces in Yemen, fighting on the ground for the Saudi Arabian government, the main ally of the United States in that region, is now the strongman, the head of the military council, while the deputy leader is a man you may remember from Darfur, the mutilation, the brutality, the genocide which occurred in Darfur, a Mr. Mohammed Hameti, leader of the Janjawi, a group of killers who have now been adopted by the European Union, who are paid by the European Union to stop migration to Europe, he is now the Deputy President and the head of the aptly named Fast Support Forces, which is a fancy name for the militias, which the Sudanese government has used for over for decades to maintain control and use Sudan as their personal fiefdom, enrich themselves at the expense of the people, branding branding religion as their calling card. That's right. Two men who should be in front of the International Criminal Court, Mohammed Hameti, Abdul Fattah Burhan, and maybe we could throw in Mr Trump and Mr Howard. Beginning back to Sudan. On the morning of the 3rd of June, a day ago, The Defence Ministry in Khartoum had been ringed by peaceful protesters since April and there'd been an internal squabble within the military between the junior officers and the senior officers about the best way to handle this growing demonstration. And those of you who are familiar with uh, the Muslim religion would know that over the last month most people who are Muslims in Sudan have been involved in, a, in fasting during Ramadan. 
And you've got to remember the temperatures there are in the mid-40s. So these these thousands, tens of thousands of demonstrators camped round the military complex. Month after month after month, forcing the resignation of the long-term dictator al-Bashir. Forcing the military council to negotiate with them to introduce a transitional agreement to some type of representative democracy and discussion regarding Sharia law. And what we saw on the 3rd of June should horrify the world, but it hasn't horrified the world. A world which seems to be taken up with the antics of a buffoon President Groper and an Esther Parasites who've lived in London for years of the blood, sweat and tears of their people. On the, third, the morning of the 3rd of June, the military came out of their bunkers and they started firing live ammunition into the crowds that had been camped outside the military headquarters for the last two and a half months. And during that exchange, well, there was no exchange because obviously the protesters didn't have any arms. During those few hours when the tents were burned, 35 protesters were killed and over 100, possibly 200, wounded by live ammunition. That's right. The army turned on its own people. People demanding reform. And what is the response from the rest of the world? Minimal. Insignificant. And why? Because Sudan is now in the Western camp. It is an ally of Saudi Arabia and the Emirates who are involved in a struggle in Yemen against Iran. And the Saudi Arabians, basically, you know, mercenaries, hire mercenaries to carry out their work, have been using the Sudanese infantry as their ground troops in Yemen. And they've been pouring money into the Sudan over the last few months in order to attempt to stabilise an economy which is bankrupt, bankrupt, because of a corruption by a military government which had been in power for over 30 years, which continues to be in power, which claims they're going to call fresh elections in nine months. How can you trust anybody, any military, as we saw in China 30 years ago, that turns its guns on its own people in the centre of its capital? Think about it. Innocent demonstrators, non-armed, who have used their bodies for months since December and, and around the military complex since April to demand change, demand a wholesale realignment in that country. So remember those names, Abdul Fattah Burhan, interim 
leader of the military council. Mohammed Hameti, deputy president of the military council, head and creator of the Janjawi, one of the most evil inventions created by human beings to kill other human beings, usually unarmed civilians. Think of these, and think of their supporters. The Saudi Arabians, who are too soft to send their own citizens into battle in Yemen, Yemen and rely on mercenaries like the Sudanese infantry to do their dirty work for them, or mercenaries to fly their planes, or the Emirates, who are again too soft to do any fighting, but again use their money to hire mercenaries to do their fighting. And the tragedy is that this happened on the eve of Id, which are the eight holiest days in the Muslim calendar. Now, the military council was very concerned in Khartoum with an eight-day holiday, public holidays coming up with Id, which uh, began on Wednesday, which would have begun on Wednesday, They were very concerned that tens of thousands of citizens of Khartoum would have flocked to the protest site and possibly the pressure of humanity would have swept them away. So in order for that to occur, they, like the British forces that routed the Eureka rebels on a Sunday morning, defiled the ground with the blood of unarmed demonstrators on the eve of Id, one of the holiest moments in the Muslim calendar. So these people aren't interested in religion. Sharia law to them is just a mechanism by which to control people. It's a mechanism by which to subjugate people. All they're interested in is enriching themselves, as we see with President Groper as he, you know, traips around England, being, you know, uh, hosted as some type of world leader. How pathetic. What a pathetic situation we find ourselves in 2019, whether it's Sudan, whether it's Yemen, whether it's Australia, whether it's the United States whether it's Hungary or Poland, where we are seeing the worst of humanity bubble up to the surface, where we are seeing the concentration of power in fewer and fewer hands, where we are seeing wealth concentrated in the hands of a significant, of a tiny minority, and where we are seeing those who have been exploited and marginalised and pushed around, siding with their oppressors. Talk about the Stockholm Syndrome. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. My name is Justin Scott. I'm hosting today's program. You can write to me at Post Office Box 
20, Parkville, 3052. Yes, I still answer mail. Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com, anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to my first personal Facebook page, Toscano for the Public, Toscano for the Public, or just Joseph Toscano. A number of websites I recommend is Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, Pipsy, pipsy.net. Download the application form. Join a political party that wishes to get involved in parliamentary politics that has a radical agenda. And all those members who are waiting for that mail out, it should arrive in the next four, to, in the next two to six weeks. Things are afoot. The stamps have arrived. We're in the early stages of getting things organised and the first mass mail-out should occur in about a fortnight. But if you want to join Pipsy and get involved in the voting process for policy, download the application form from pipsy.net or give me a ring on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Leave a contact name and address and I'll send you out the application form. Okay, let's move on. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can also go to YouTube channel, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests, where I host a 15 to 20 minute segment and one of the main topics which are broadcast on the anarchist world this week on a weekly basis, or follow the Twitter screen, Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I underscore A-U. That's Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I underscore A-U. Right. Step, hashtag steps to a home. Now, people associated with the Anarchist Marine Institute and a variety of other organisations like uh, Public Housing, Everybody's Business and Defend and Extend Public Housing. We've been involved in a campaign to make public housing an issue in the state of Victoria. But obviously public housing is an issue across the country, especially in New South Wales where a Liberal National Party government has been re-elected, where they're hell-bent, like in Victoria, at actually destroying the public housing sector hell-bent on destroying the public housing sector. And what we've seen in Victoria, where the Labor Party has been in power for the last 16 of the last 20 years, what we've seen is the destruction, the wholesale destruction of the public housing sector. And since December 2016, I have personally been involved in campaigns to highlight this issue and even stood as a state candidate in the recent state, Victorian state election campaign in November 2018 in the seat of Mr Martin Foley, who's the f- former Minister for Public Housing. He's now been pushed aside because of the pressure which was placed on him and his inability to you know, handle that pressure. So... Since then, we had a 10-day vigil on the the steps of the Victorian Parliament, something that hasn't happened for centuries. 
decades, 10 days we held that banner aloft, 10 days we held that banner aloft, a whole 10 days. And every week we've been involved in uh, demonstrations, small demonstrations, but regular demonstrations to highlight public housing. And our policy initiative is very simple. It's not just about just demonstrating, it's about giving a solution. Now, in an era... Now, public housing is not just about homelessness. Public housing is a mechanism via which people have access to secure, stable, affordable housing. And in many European countries, over half the population live in public housing and they're not going bankrupt. So what we have proposed for the last two years is public housing, everybody's business, is a very simple concept. That real estate stamp duty revenue is quarantined for public housing. And we struggle under the slogan, public housing, everybody's business, for one very good reason. Because an increased number of public housing places does address a number of issues. And what we are campaigning for is a seismic shift from a fascination and fixation with roads and tunnels and railway lines and a shift to the creation of housing for everybody who can't afford to enter the private housing market. And I'll go through it slowly. Five to six billion dollars is raised every year, up to seven billion last year at the height of the, uh, you know, the real estate bubble in stamp duty revenue. Now, if that revenue is quarantined for public housing, you can solve the problem of homelessness in Victoria and if the same policies was instituted in every other state, in every other state within one month. You could house 100,000 people in Victorian public housing in a year. Wipe out the public housing waiting list in a year. You could house a million Victorians in public housing in a decade. And you could do this by building and helping the building industry or you could do it by spot purchasing. Very simple concepts. It's just such a simple idea. Obviously money would be transferred from other sectors of the economy but when we've got tens of billions of dollars going into roads and tunnels and railway lines, you can understand that a few billions being transferred to providing housing security for people has many dividends. And the dividends are this. The higher the number of public homes, the less need for people to rent. Fewer people looking for rental accommodation, the more investors will leave the rental market at the lower end, even with negative gearing in place. And housing prices will fall at the lower end, which means... young people could actually afford 
to raise the money for a deposit and take out a mortgage on a property. That's right. And even investors who may be affected negatively financially would have a dividend because a strong public housing sector where children go to the same school year in and year out in the same area, create the same circle of friends, join the same sporting clubs, become part of a community, creates the conditions which decrease family violence and which help to decrease crime and increase security for everybody, including investors. Now, in order to highlight the need for public housing, not just for people who are experiencing homeless or a couch serving, but how important public housing is in the housing mixture, public housing, everybody's business, a creation of public interest before corporate interests, will be holding a 24-hour vigil on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House on Friday, June the 21st, from midnight to midnight. And those of you who are a little bit astute will realise that June the 21st is the winter solstice, the shortest and possibly and probably the coldest day of the year, the winter solstice. So bring yourself along for the day, midnight to midnight. Bring some food, bring some blankets. Become part of this movement because we are not going to go away. We want to see, as I said, a huge shift in public sentiment because while people think that public housing is just an issue for homelessness, nothing will change. Nothing will change. If we expand the debate about the importance of public housing as far as social integration and social security is concerned, then we may find that more people will become involved in this campaign over the next three to four years. It's not just a state issue at every state level, a territory issue. It is a federal issue. So why should a tax which is raised on people buying real estate be used for other purpose than providing public housing for people who cannot afford to buy in the private marketplace? And traditionally, when returned servicemen and women returned back to Australia after the Second World War and found they were homeless and we're living in tent cities in the MCG and the Botanical Gardens in Melbourne, they demanded the introduction of public housing to provide housing not just for people who are homeless, but for people, the working poor, people working part-time, people people with large numbers of children. They demanded public housing for everybody who could not afford to raise the money for a deposit to buy a home in this country. A strong public housing sector is good for construction, it's good for people, it decreases, it increases social integration, decreases crime, 
helps to tackle family violence, creates environments where children can develop themselves to their fullest potential. So join us on the 21st of June, midday to midday, the winter solstice, on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. And if you are listening to this program in the ACT, the Northern Territory, or West Australia, or Tasmania, or Queensland, or South Australia, or New South Wales, and public housing is an issue in the state where you live, why don't you organise a 24-hour vigil on the steps of your local state instrumentality, your local state government, to highlight the need for a direction in terms of policies where we put housing and people before infrastructure, which is basically there to improve access for business. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au, 3cr.org.au. So Steps to a Home campaign, hashtag Steps to a Home. Join Public Housing Everybody's Business campaign, a campaign initiated by public interest before corporate interest. Join public interest before corporate interest today. Download the application form, pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net, pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Download a computer, give me a call on 0439 395 489. Leave a contact name and address and I'll send you out an application form. I haven't got a phone. You can always write to me, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Now, for the last 10 minutes of the program, or seven or eight minutes of the program, I want to speak once more about community radio and how important it is. Now, a lot of people think that community radio has had its day. We've got the World Wide Web, we've got the internet, we've got chat rooms, we've got apps, you name it, we've got it. We've got Wikipedia. I can tell you about everything. I can talk to my phone. It can talk back to me and tell me everything. Well, at the end of the day, does it provide analysis? Does it put two and two together? Or are we inundated with misinformation, half-truths, ideology, innuendo? And what public radio does community public radio does, is actually give you and me the ability to look at what's happening, analyse what's happening, put it together and more importantly begin to get involved in activities to change. I mean, you can listen to The Anarchist World this week for as long as you like and you can tell me what a great program, what a rotten program for as long as you like. But the essence of this program, the essence of community radio, is to get people to become active. And what the digital revolution hasn't done is actually seen increased activity regarding issues. We've seen increased talking and increased reacting 
an increase in liking, and an increase in fake friends on our Facebook pages, but we actually have not seen an increase in resistance. And what Radical Community Radio is about, it's about generating resistance in the community. It's about generating the push for change. It's about encouraging people to organise and take action. Because ultimately, we can be passive spectators, and that's what they want us to be. They want us to be cringing, carping, complaining consumers. Because life in the 21st century in the Western world, especially Australia, seems to be all about consumption, buying, consume. I mean, if if there was a motto for 21st century Australia, it would be a consume, defecate and die quietly. Don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. Don't think in a different direction. Conform. And what community radio does is bring the non-conformists together. It gives us a voice. It gives us the ability to talk to you, to influence you, to change your thinking, to encourage you to reach out, to get involved, to take action. And that's the strength. Not just action once or twice, as we see with the World Wide Web, not action for action's sake, in order to get a few more friends and create this false economy, but it's action for change. It's action that pushes for change. And if one, one thing that I am really, which has kept me going in community radio now for over 42 years, is the fact that we can influence the direction society is going, and more than influence, we can actually encourage people to take action. Because without people taking action, without people throwing stones from outside the tent at those inside the tent, nothing will change. And community radio gives people, radical community radio gives people that opportunity. That opportunity to influence those within the tent. Maybe not straight away, but if I remember what life was like 50 years ago and what life is like today, I can see many advances in certain directions and many backward steps in other directions. But the key thing that I have seen is the lack of active participation by people in activities to change society. I've seen the digital revolution encompass them, eat them, spew them out, leave them on the side of the road with no positive impact. And if there's anything will highlight that, it's what happened at the last federal election two weeks ago. You've been listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. For all those Victorian listeners, don't forget next week is... 
Radiophone Week. I expect you, I beg you, well, I don't beg or beseech, but I expect you to donate to the 3CR Radiophone next week. We start 10 o'clock sharp. We finish at 11. I'd like to see at least ten to $15,000 come in for Community Radio 3CR. And like those people you see on the streets asking you to to donate to this or that charity, 100% of what we raise goes to Community Radio 3CR to keep this radio station on air. Don't forget, I do answer letters every Tuesday night is my night. I write, I, no, sorry, every Tuesday night I sit down, look at the mail, answer the letters. So send them right to me at Post Office Box 20 Parkville, 3052. All those current members of public interest before corporate interest, the mass mail-out will begin soon. It should end by the end of July, and it'll all be there. There's tons and tons of material for you to look at. Policy statement, voting forms, AMG, you know, uh, notices. The list goes on and on and on. It's all there. Go to the website, pipsy.net, pipsy.net, if you want to learn more about public interest before corporate interest. Don't forget the 21st of June, 24 hours, hashtag steps to a home. And this week's uh, public interest before corporate interest YouTube presentation will be on the steps of the Victorian Parliament and it'll be about the steps to a home program and the reason for the program. Public housing is not about homelessness, not just about homelessness. We can resolve that in a problem in a month. Public housing is about providing secure, stable accommodation for everyone who can't afford to buy in the open marketplace. Go to my Facebook pages, Toscano for the Public or Joseph Toscano. You can go to the Pipsy Facebook page, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests. You can go to Defend and Extend Public Housing, Facebook page, Anarchist Media Institute uh, web page, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest YouTube channel, Twitter channel, Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I underscore A-U, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Don't forget, this program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. And all Victorian listeners, don't forget... Next week is Radiophon program, Rob the Kids money box. They don't need to buy another teddy bear. You need to keep 3CR on air to ensure their future. Okay, rob their teddy bank. You've robbed the teddy bank and you get a legal, legitimate tax deduction. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast via the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. You can leave messages on 0439 395 489. Listen to the Anarchist World this week via your local community radio station in every state in Australia via the Community Radio Network. Listen in next week to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events.
brainwash minds. Oh, Lord, You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.